0: And now for the conclusion of my interview with Rob I. Miller from the indie pop, indie rock band, Blues Lawyer, uh, with my guest co-host, Jay, from the Movie Bench Quarterbacking Podcast series. So check it out and enjoy the rest of this interview.
1: different I mean let's yeah that's uh, that second record how did you uh what was the concept behind that record for you I mean that that's a great song I mean I love the song yeah, the, yeah Elise sings it she's the drummer in the group uh and uh when I when I hear her singing it's very upbeat very cool pop song uh when I hear that song I'm mean, like I think we, once again it's like you're writing songs that um we can definitely all relate to you know feelings and thoughts and times in our lives where you know I, I know i need something different but what what do i want what do i what do i do um and, and it's just it's just a great way to start the record off <laughs> with that song
2: thank you um yeah man i you know i think this one was really just about how do you address that feeling of sort of simply not being content but not really Necessarily knowing what you need to do or what what would even what could be done to sort of result in you feeling whole, you know, and it, yeah, and it's it's weird. There's no real no real answers, you know. It's just sort of like you just got to kind of learn how to enjoy the ride a little bit, and that was, I mean. I don't know, that was uh, sort of a revelation for me because I, I think I was like 29, 30 when I started working on that record. Okay. Um, so that was sort of like a big transition period. Yeah. yeah,
0: okay.
2: Yeah, so yeah. I, I think that was a big part of it. Yeah, and just sort of like, you know, I don't know, there's like plenty of songs about, you know, being a teen or being in your 20s, it's sort of, not a lot of people writing songs about like what that experience of like going into 30s is you know just because it's not really like as as sort of as romanticized you know what I mean and so it's like what what the hell happens when you get into your 30s like what are you supposed to do what are you supposed to know you know like there's like this I don't know it's just this there's a lot of weight on that turning point I feel like oh there is I remember. Yeah. So, so that's sort of what it's about. I think you know. I think that's what was like largely on my mind when when uh, when working on those songs.
3: Yeah, using that age range is um, twice the responsibility and um, ten times less resources. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You gotta do more with less, and you realize it. Like, oh, okay well and
1: and it's also a good time to start thinking about relationships you're having with people especially romantically you know because in your 20s you know you just you know you're gonna live forever you're gonna go out party you're gonna you know get home at two in the morning and go to work at six (laughs) but when you hit 30 you're like i'm not really gonna do that anymore (laughs) it's kind of catching up to me (laughs) yeah but but maybe i want to have a relationship huh what do you
3: think i think I thought that was interesting that he said that, you know, that you said that you were 29 um, because this is the album I was talking about, about the relationships, the relationship topics and stuff like that. So it is a very mature, and I could I could tell from listening to it that it was the subject matters and the conversation that was being had, I thought was, was cool. And um, even though this is like a, a short but very sweet album, I, I kind of dug like the, um, it's kind of like lo-fi, like a retro rock sound, which I thought was really cool. I really like the vibe of it and i like the like i said the, the conversation with the with the relationships and the, the lead switch offs which is kind of cool a lot of bands aren't brave enough to do that so i thought it was pretty cool so and then you would sing together on songs like um it's not up to you which i thought yeah. was kind of cool yeah. and owe you money all over town oh see you stole it from me yeah you man know, i was about to mention that that's like, my favorite song <laughs> it, <it's, and> then, <laughs> And then like um was it uh something different i I just love the progression of the song like that's a journey i I thought that was just like 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 even though because what this by by now what that was your like third or fourth album um with all the stuff uh, that you do oh (laughs) what what, what album would that be for
2: okay so you mean like out of all my projects,
3: mm-hmm. like all your projects? Because it's all you. There are different sides of you, but they're all you. So by the time you got to something different, what al- what number uh, of album was? it?
2: Okay, uh, let me think about it. Uh, so I guess must- that's the fifth, the fifth one.
3: Okay, not, not to put you on the spot, but it just kind of goes to my point that you're that far along and you're still reaching, you're still finding new things. You're not trying to, you know, go back necessarily. You're, you're, you're still kind of, as you grow and, and learn, you're still searching and, and, you know, trying to figure things out, which is good. Cause a lot of times by the fifth of anything or the second of anything, either you, you're locked into one thing and not trying to change or, or too afraid to go forward because it could possibly mean something else. You know work mm-hmm. so you it have to be brave to kind of push past that and try new things so I think that's pretty pretty dope for that to be your fifth and you were still you know making a way
2: thanks man yeah um I mean above all I just really love doing it you know um I feel like I learned something about myself every time and yeah it's just sort of like there it's it's some there's some time in there for like some self-reflection and I feel like You know they're also like they're all sort of time stamps you know and like they sort of represent different phases in in my life and stuff so you know like that's the kind of thing that i would want you know if anything else like if let's just say like for all intents and purposes like beyond the number of people that have heard it now that doesn't change um at least like my family would have this you know what i'm saying like this is just like a part of like who i am and so yeah i I don't know at at this juncture i just really like i just feel compelled to do it i can't even really explain why but i definitely just really enjoy it and it feels like something that i just like kind of have to do you know
3: well you kind of said it man you kind of made it your legacy you made it your responsibility to so so that's that's purpose That's 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 what that is you have purpose. You were here. This is this is this was my journey here. So right. that's purpose. And if you didn't have that, trust me, you wouldn't be pushing forward. That's why thing that keeps me moving. Right. <laughs> you got to have you got to have purpose. You have to have something that you that you're there for and you know, cuz sometimes stuff that's fun is not fun if it didn't have any have other things connected to it to make it mean something to you. For sure. You no. Know, sure. That movie is special because of who you spend it with or what it said to you at that time. It, it's not as simple as um as it just being pretty or looked good, it's a uh, it's a relationship. Like if with anything else, it meant that it to did. you because of that. And and you know, that's cool that you're doing it. But it shows in your work because otherwise, you you could have been. yeah, have enough stuff that sounds great enough to be there and 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 just lean in on that. But you chose to keep on moving.
2: Appreciate that. Thanks, man. Yeah, mm,
3: definitely
1: your music is definitely a, yeah, like you said it's a legacy it's you know this is the stuff that's going to be here when you're gone and when you're recording these, these records these songs making these songs performing them you know even like you say even if it feels like there's not uh, more people coming to it right away you know, that that's always going to change and you know you're making something that's for the whole world even if you don't realize it at the time it's for everybody and eventually it'll be perceived that way ideally while you're still here but sometimes it's when you're gone who knows (laughs) you know but it's yeah Yeah. it's it's for the world man it really is so
2: yeah yeah it's it's interesting you say that because I think that there was a time in my life where I thought that that was like more of a reflection of like ego people just needing a certain level of recognition or something but I think it can also be like an expression of gratitude in a way too just being like you know this is this is sort of like a document of like my time here you know what i mean yeah, yeah. my experience and i just want to sort of share that you know
0: oh
1: definitely definitely so i mean <laughs> the eye of money all over town like jason was saying i mean <laughs> that's a funny song and it's just so real and i totally relate to it i mean did that happen to you <laughs> Um, this happened to me. <laughs> no one wants me but the creditor. I mean, you say, it is um, it is too expensive to be alive today. I mean, <laughs> I'm like, well, yeah, well, <laughs> and, if, and if you're in California, yeah, you know what he's talking about. <laughs> yeah. Although I love Cali, but yeah, yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, man.
2: Yeah. It- you know, it, I think it was just like, I'm trying to remember exactly what happened, but I feel like it was one of those days where, you know, I like woke up I was like, shit, like I overdrew on my bank account. Like I didn't, I didn't time up that last transaction with my direct deposit right. And from my, you know, from my paycheck from work and it's like, shit, I, you know, overdrew on my account, and then I like went out to a car, a van at the time, and I'd gotten a parking ticket in front of my own house. Oh, hell no. And, <laughs> uh, oh, I'm sorry, bro. And <laughs> you know, so I was just like, you know, I had to sort of like, it was like, those were the two, those two things had just happened to me like in rapid succession, and I was just like thinking, of like, I'm going, I'm starting this day, you know, like in the red, you know, (laughs) like I'm just starting at a deficit. Um, And, you know, I just started to think about that and and like sort of just think of the way where it's like, okay, I need, now I need to come up with a little bit of money to get gas or to drive myself to work. You know, and so it's like, it's like, it's just this like rat race, you know, cyclical thing. And then you're, so you're thinking about all those things together. And I just was like, you know, I don't know. I think someone was like, Hey, you want to go do this thing? You want to go to the show or you want to go to this bar tonight or whatever. And I was like, I can't, I owe money all over town. Like, you know, like I'm, <laughs> I'm, right on, you know, like, I'm just like hemorrhaging money right now. So. And then that just got me thinking about all that stuff. And so I think that that's just where the song came from. Just wanted to have fun with it. And and Elise and I are always talking about money shit. So that's a big part of it too. Oh,
1: right on, man. I mean, hey, I hear you. I I totally relate to it. I was cracking up, so I'm like, oh, yeah, I've been there. Because what I'll say, and you've heard me say it to you in text, money's kind of funny right now. (laughs) Yeah. so so i funny with the money. But yeah, I hear you. Uh
2: Yeah, no, I definitely, I definitely adopted that from you for sure. Oh, I say,
0: uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I say
2: that sometimes, you know, yeah. like I can't, I can't do that tonight. Sorry, my money's fine.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, um, so it's not up to you. So that song lyrically, uh, when you and Elise are singing, so I was trying to, you know, figure out the lyrics to it. I mean, is it about basically how you can't really control when you fall in love? Um, yeah. Okay, yeah. And then and then, is it at that point that when you realize that you're in love, it's just uncomfortable and you may not want to be in love? <laughs> or is That's- it just about falling in love and, not, and and just accepting that it's not, like you said, it's not up to you. It's gotta, you know, it, it's something that can't be forced. It just happens.
2: Yeah. I think it's also just about like loving someone that you know is not good for you. Okay. You know.
1: Okay, I was wondering about that, okay
2: you know and just being like sort of surrendering to this idea that's like you know I <laughs> I sort of you can't choose you know
0: okay
2: um but but yeah and I but that's an interesting take I like that take a lot actually I I, I feel like it could definitely be about that too and Sometimes, sometimes you know sometimes the songs end up being about something different than I intended them to be about you know
3: Oh yeah, I do. Um, When I do my art, I'm the same way. Where I might do a painting or something, and feels like it's one thing, and then I'm think I'm being slick and kind of hiding something behind it. And somebody just walks up and be like, "Isn't that about that?" I'm like, "Huh?" I thought I was being creative and slick, and they just read you like a. And people who know, they could just read you like a book, and that could be a stranger, but somebody who understands. You know, sometimes we think as artists we are. You know slicker than, than we think we are and, and people really just kind of seeing through it even though we try hard to you know to save feelings yeah. or you don't want your business out there so you go the, the long way around and they'll just point it straight out but like is that about that you are be like whoops yes that's i didn't want to have that conversation but yeah that, that's what yeah
2: it was. totally i didn't think i was burying my soul but right. i guess apparently i was yeah
3: Copy. yeah
2: no, I, I, I feel you yeah that is an interesting concept like uh yeah just people picking up on something that you thought was maybe a little bit more subliminal right. Yeah, that's
1: nothing complex um like that song a lot off of something different so when i listen to that song it seems to be about a relationship that you're in and um for me and it kind of hit me today as i was getting ready for the interview uh, believe it or not it kind of reminded me of like uh like a, a rock and roll take or a sequel or a, a something akin to a uh, prince's strange relationship off of sign of the times you know i wow. just can't stand I, I see you happy more than that i hate to see you sad what's, what's what's going on with the strange relationship and i feel like nothing complex is kind of has that kind of vibe i mean like, when i'm lyrically speaking that's that's what i'm getting from it. like you know I, i'm with you you know it's not a big deal i mean i mean yeah it just kind of had that vibe to me when i was listening <laughs> well,
2: yeah I mean that is like I mean the fact that it would even remind you of anything remotely close to the neighborhood of Prince is a huge compliment but um yeah I think that that song is just sort of about like recognizing that you know there are all these things in life situationally that make this like the logistics of this relationship so complicated and there's baggage and there's all these like, there's all these things that, you know, are routinely discussed um, that are, are, are yeah, are just, are just layered with complexity, but like the feelings of just like wanting to be with that person are very simple, you know? And so like, just sort of like reconciling those two things, like the fact that, you know, why, why does everything have to be so complex if the way that I feel is so simple? So
1: and I want to also give a shout out to Blues Lawyer as a band, which is, you know, it's Rob. It's Elise, Rob on guitar and vocals, Elise on drums and vocals, Alejandro, a.k.a. Alan, on bass, and Nick on guitar. Such a great sound. Even, I mean, when I listen to the guitar on those records, I'm, I'm, I, don't know, I, can't, I can't even describe it, man just just the just what you guys are doing (laughs) just when i hear it it's it's really cool it's yeah i don't know what effect
2: it is it's just uh... just nick it's just nick man i mean nick is really (laughs) you know he'll never he'll never admit it to anybody but i mean the guy's a really slick guitar player i mean he's really good yeah (laughs) Um, and and i think that you know he's sort of He's such an understated dude, and he doesn't really, like, you know, acknowledge that. But, but yeah, I mean, he, he's just, like, such a creative guitar player, and, and I feel like his playing is just super distinct. And it's really cool because I, you know, I just really liked the way that, you know, because we're totally different songwriters. You know, the way that we write songs is really, really different. But we're also both i think like we both think about like the mechanics of songwriting all the time so playing together has been really cool because i've never like been in a band with someone who's also sort of as actively writing songs outside of you know on their own outside the band you know so i just felt he was coming he was coming with these ideas that I, I just felt like in a way, I don't know that just someone who's just simply a lead guitar player could could do, you know, there's something just, he, he ties his guitar playing to the songs in such a way where it's like, I don't feel like those songs can sort of like exist without those parts.
1: And it stands there's, out and oh, gets your attention, I mean, it creates a whole different vibe and sound and it, it pulls you, it sucks you right in. I mean, all four of you together it's just a, it's, a, it's a great unit just you're, you're a great band all of you so that's one to mention
2: thank you very much thank
1: you oh well, yeah yeah uh so to end the Blues Lawyer segment
2: because
0: yeah. everyone,
1: everyone get the Christian singles so you guys put out uh these great two new songs uh Scenic Route and Crystal Ball mm-hmm. uh, and here you and here you go again, Jay. They changing the sound again. Mm. <laughs> the nerve of this guy, pushing boundaries and you know being <laughs> creative. Uh, how dare <laughs> he grow as an knows. artist? Him. Right, yeah, that- making a name for himself musically. How, what's going on with that?
3: Grow <laughs> as an artist?
1: How dare yeah. How, you? how dare you, man? <laughs> yeah, uh, it's great. So, uh, man, where, where do we start? <laughs> so, when I listen to Scenic Route, so when Elise is singing that song, it's like it's about, it seems to be about a relationship um, or her waiting for this person to realize that like he's in love with her or he wants to be with her. And then she's like, he's taking too damn long, he's getting on my nerves. He takes a scenic route, you know, and then by the time he gets to the door, she's like, I'm over it, peace. <laughs> That's what I get in the lyrics when I hear the song. <laughs> you know, uh, yeah, is that a good description?
2: Or <laughs> yeah, no, I mean I think it, I think it's a yeah, I think it's a great description. Um, I mean, basically, you know, it's sort of it's sort of like the retort to being on the receiving end of like the it's not you, it's me kind of conversation. You know, where it's like I just got some stuff to figure out. You know, it's not you. You know, don't take it personally. Like you're, you're great. You know, someone would be so lucky to be with you. Da 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 da. But like, I gotta go deal with all my stuff. And and and, and you know, this. I'm I'm this. You know, I'm just this big mess, and I have to go take care. Of, you know, that kind of thing. And you know, basically, Lisa and I were talking, and and uh, we we're just sort of like. I mean, I think that we were basically just like throwing a bunch of shade at people who have like said that kind of shit to us. And, and and just being like, you know, like, I don't know, like just sort of like being like, (laughs) all right, I'm waiting for you to figure all that shit out. Like I'm still here, you know? (laughs) Let it rip man. Hey. Yeah. you're my friends here. We're listening. It's all good. <laughs> yeah. So, so I, I don't know. I think that like Elise and I were talking about that. And we were sort of just like having fun talking about that conversation. But it was also, you know, I think it was also a, a painful time for for Elise. And, um, you know, I was sort of like writing the song, thinking about the the various things that we said to one another when we were sort of talking about that type of dynamic. And, you know, the immediately I recorded a demo of myself doing it. I'd be like, I was like, Elise has to sing this song. I feel like she would just, she would just kill it. And, um, but I had trouble writing the second verse. And so I had sent her sort of like a voice memo recording of just me strumming the chords and sort of singing what lyrics I had and the melody and stuff. And then I remember, I, I think it was like within 24 hours, she just sort of like texted me, An idea for the second verse. Okay. And and then I recorded that. And it was like perfect. And then, you know, it was like I felt like this song we didn't really know like what we were gonna do with it. And like everything was sort of called into question because it was like COVID, right? And and I mean, still it still is COVID, but at this time, you know, we could barely leave the house. So it was like how are we going to sort of record this? You know, we're like communicating about the song and sending each other sort of notes and demos and stuff. Um, And we decided that we would try to record it remotely. Like I would record my tracks and then send them to her to record her vocal on. Um, But she did. we didn't have any experience doing that, really. Um, So I didn't really know what to think. But when she sent it back, I was just like, boom, like this is perfect. We gotta, we gotta do something special with this because you this is, this is definitely something that I I, I, I don't know. I was feeling really good about it, and I, I liked the direction, and I wanted to try to do something special with it.
1: It's a great song. So you guys wrote it together, basically, or is that what you're telling me? Yeah,
2: okay. yeah, basically, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah.
1: Okay. And so you know, I, I, I I've, I've loved her voice on, you know, on, on the past blues lawyer stuff, and on scenic route. She just really, sung. she just really shines. She sounds amazing. I, I just, she's, I mean, she's already a good singer. She's She's becoming great. I mean, I, I, I really love her on that song. I just love to hear her voice in that song.
2: Yeah, <laughs> no, I, I agree with you, man. I mean, I think that when we first started playing together, we were sort of like, you know.
1: And she's the drummer,
2: y'all. Remember, she's the drummer. So go ahead. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know, which is another just crazy thing, just, you know, playing in, Playing drums and singing at the same time is like I mean, yeah, there's just no way I can even wrap my mind around doing something like that. Right. Uh, um, but but yeah, I mean I, I feel like her like all her vocal strengths just like really come through in that song. Like it was okay. just it made it was her song, you know, like I think of it as her song.
1: Yeah, me too. Uh can do you want to before we get into like crystal ball can you why don't you tell us about what's special about the release of these two songs and what's going on with all that and what you guys did merchandise wise
2: Oh um <laughs> yeah sure so uh when <clears throat> basically like we recorded um Cena crowd and crystal ball and then I recorded a bunch of other demos and we were sort of thinking them about those songs like as just like a new collection of songs that might be you know for the next blues lawyer record or whatever but those two songs definitely stood apart as having their own sound than the other demo than the other demos that i had recorded and so we were thinking about you know doing some type of special release for them the the logical thing being like a seven inch single you know like a 45 um but we found out like really soon after sort of inquiring that you know all the vinyl manufacturing plants were backed up for like almost a year Um, and you know it's also like egregiously expensive to to make a 45 right now and they're not they're not usually the best sellers frankly at least in my experience they're sort of promotional or something right? Um, so so, yeah, so I was like, well, you know, and I, I've done all types of, you know, uh, just, I guess, old media style releases, you know, cassette tapes, VHS, stuff like that. I've done that before. And I was like, a single is just like too far. That's like too much plastic for two songs, you know? I don't want to do that.
1: It's good old I mean, school though. I used to love that back in the day. Before. Yeah, <laughs> I, yeah
2: know me too i mean i remember you know they'd be in the little sleeve like they didn't have the jewel case they just had that little sleeve sometimes yeah, and that, yeah that had like the plastic wrap on it you know um no i remember thinking that those were really cool too but i just feel like i was like I, I don't know i can't justify all that plastic and stuff for two songs it just seems i don't know excessive but um and also it just didn't have like the novelty that i i was looking for i think like it's something I've done before. I've put out tapes before I wanted to right. do something. Right. Uh and Elise was talking about, well, oh, maybe we do a flexi. And and I was like, Oh, that's kind of a cool idea. I haven't really thought about those in a long time. And they're pretty cheap to make. And they're kind of cool. You know, they're like, you know, these things you can still put on your turntable, but you know there's sort of like you know you're going to have some surface noise it's a it's a novelty thing you know what i mean um it's a good throwback and then yeah and then so basically we started like exploring you know manufacturers that could do quick turnaround times for flexis and we came across one that were doing flexi postcards and we we're like oh that's perfect because like the song's called scenic Route and it's sort of you know, like it all just, it was just like the light bulb went off and Elise and was super stoked on the idea. And I think just like we both sort of naturally gravitate towards that kind of kitsch. And, and it was just like, yeah, I think it checked off a lot of boxes for both of us. And so we ended up doing that. And so far it's been, it's been pretty cool. You know, it didn't cost us an arm and a leg. We've already made more than half our money back. And you know, so it's, It's been cool it's just it's been a nice way to release music during this like really weird uncertain time
1: it's a very creative uh, way to do it really cool i'm excited i'm looking forward to getting one uh myself what's interesting because you just it's like a flashback i don't know if you know but back in the day the old school magazines like mad magazine and stuff they would have those in there sometimes you know of, of parody songs or whatever or different magazines uh mix magazines uh electronic magazines hip-hop they would sometimes they would have those in there You yeah subscription you just pull it out and you play it you know right so it, it's really cool that's a yeah that's a real cool real cool thing you guys did it's, it's very uh creative it's been a while so yeah
2: <laughs> thanks man
1: crystal ball uh, <laughs>
3: my glasses on for this one. So
1: <laughs> <laughs> when I was uh, listening to this song, I mean, I love it. this. Is, so Crystal Ball is the song that you're singing. You know? uh, yeah. You say, you know, in this relationship that you're in, you know, this person can read you better than you can read yourself. And it's like you want to Crystal Ball because you want to be able to, to read their mind, you know, and see what's going on. And then it's like, you know, I, um, I know I'm broken, but I want to fix you. And then you say,
2: I, you know, "I'm tired of the what ifs." Well, I mean, so can you elaborate on that for me? Um, the
1: the what ifs part. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah. So, I mean, are you are you tired of the, the wondering and the pondering? I mean, what's yeah, what's going on? So, yeah,
2: I think definitely the the wondering and the pondering. I think like that's that's always been something that I've struggled with, just being like sort of obsessive about, you know, all the possible outcomes of some decision I gotta make, or, you know, even something that might, might've seemed like somewhat insignificant. Um, That's just sort of the nature of the way my brain works, I think, but, um, but yeah, I mean, I think initially, like I just had that line, you know, that can I borrow your crystal ball you seem to know it all as I just thought it was I just thought I thought it was kind of like salty you know and I was just like I was like that's kind of a funny way to like open a song but then it ended up being about like something kind of a little bit different which is like you know uh I don't know it's sort of like I guess it starts off a little a little salty or sarcastic but then then I think it sort of becomes a little bit more sincere in the choruses, like you know, like I, I do have these like open-ended questions that I do want answered, you know.
1: Yeah, it's really cool. I mean, both songs are great, um, and they seem to be a great taste of what of what yet what is yet to come uh, with your new record. So, when are you looking to have your new album done? blues
2: lawyer um well i mean i guess the demo yeah i mean we're um we've written a bunch of songs um and i've demoed out a lot of them i would say maybe by november having it like it tracked okay i would like to have it tracked by then um mixed and mastered and stuff yeah i don't know i mean i guess i guess what i'm getting at is like i'm hoping that we could get it out in spring or summer of next year
3: okay that's
2: cool um yeah that's what i'm hoping but you know these things rarely go according to plan these days so we'll see
1: (laughs) oh i understand so uh, oh what record label is blues lawyer on So, you know, guesswork and something different. What's going on? Well, yeah, so people want to hear your stuff and they want to get Blues Lawyer. Where can they find
2: it? Yeah. Well, I mean, we've never been, you know, signed per se to to one label. Um, They've always been like one album arrangements. Okay. You know, so like we did guesswork with um, a label called Emotional Response. Um, Emotional Response is... Run by a guy named Stuart Anderson, who is in this this uh, this British um, sort of indie pop twee kind of band uh, uh, called Boy Racer.
0: Okay.
2: Um, so that's his label, and he he put out very graciously put out Guesswork for us, um, and was a really strong advocate of ours for sure um and then the second record came out on um Mount St. Mountain which is a label that I've worked a bunch with I did the Mall Walk record with them I did yeah, um, Oakland? yeah uh, Sacramento actually oh okay okay um it's also Area you love
0: Good.
2: yeah yeah and they have like lots of uh it's run by this guy named Mark Kaiser who's just been playing in bands and, and putting out records for decades That's cool. so so uh yeah he's just you know he just does it for the love he's just trying to sort of put out the records and you know break even or even lose a little kind of operation but those are Mm definitely yeah those are generally the kinds of people that um you know we sort of work with um they're just people who are just like doing it because i think they're they're like us you just feel compelled to to do it you know right
1: right when it's in you but so but people can also buy your music off of bandcamp.com correct
2: yeah yeah we got it on bandcamp it's on all the streaming services now so whatever you generally use to stream music you should be able to find it there okay um as far as buying Uh, stuff Mm but the best the best way to do it is just through our bandcamp which is just blueslawyer.bandcamp.com okay very cool very cool
1: so we definitely uh Look forward to your, your, you know, the next blues lawyer album coming out. Oh, I also wanted to mention too, though. There's kind of like a little blues lawyer. I, I call it my blues lawyer tidbit. So the first album, Guesswork.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: it's you, it's Elise, it's Nick, but it's also your brother, what James, on bass, right?
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And
1: Alejandra. So you've got yeah. like two original bass players on the first on yeah. one album. I've like never heard of that before. It's kind of it's really cool, actually. <laughs>
2: We sort of recorded it in two parts. We recorded it in two parts. Like that was the thing is like the group sort of started as a joke that I was just going to form and disband during the duration of my brother's stay in the Bay Area. Uh So originally it was just, I was just like, oh, my brother's in town. We've never played in a band together be kind of fun if I just like threw some songs together and we like played a house show or something.
1: I didn't even know he played bass until I heard the album. Yeah. He,
2: yeah. Well, he doesn't really. Hey, <laughs> um, be nice. That's <laughs> uh, what well, no, I mean, by <laughs> I mean, no, I didn't mean that as a slight. I just meant that, that you know, uh, you know, he he never owned a bass or anything. He just played guitar a little bit when we were growing up and, you know, he just picked it up for, for the, that's impressive.
1: Oh, let me track uh, some bass lines for you. <laughs> Even though I've never played before. Um, uh, okay,
2: he's definitely a yeah. Miller then, huh? All right on. Oh <laughs> uh, well, you know it's it. Yeah, I don't know. They're, the songs are pretty simple, and I, I think that yeah. most people and can. Then,
1: so, but how'd you get Alejandro to come along? I mean, how how did that happen? I mean,
2: she, um. Yeah. yeah. So basically, like we recorded the songs that I wrote and. and uh, you know, while James was in town and and then, you know, basically we played two gigs, um, like in the same weekend. And then um, James left, my brother left. And I was like, I kind of want to keep doing this project. You know, like, I kind of feel like there's something special about it and I don't really want to stop it now, but I feel kind of silly because I just basically asked all these people to just, you know, be in a band with me and then stop being in this band, like all in the process of a few weeks, you know? And then and was suddenly like, I actually want to keep doing this. Can you guys, are you guys interested in continuing to do this? We need to find a bass player. And um, yeah, I mean, at the time, Alejandra and I were hanging out a lot. Um, and, you know, she's, I mean, she just was like, open to playing with anyone and everyone at the time. I feel like I feel like she was just playing so many bands and just like trying awesome. to yeah. just trying to, you know, kind of yeah, like experiment and figure out what she wanted to do with music and and um yeah, it was it was just cool. We were coming from very different places like she was playing in this band um, at the time called Preening which are like, you know, far more sort of out than than, than blues lawyer um so i was worried I that she right. might, yeah. yeah i was worried that she might think that blues lawyer was like <clears throat> too conventional or something but um but yeah she seems like i think she's still down yeah i mean she she basically made us a real band in right, a way, right. you know because <clears throat> she was the once she got involved we were like okay now we're now we're uh we're all on board here, so.
3: Okay, yeah. well, very cool, very cool. Yeah. So, uh, what, so, so when you, um so you got the, the different bands that you do, and you do little, you know, you see you do little departures and start other things up. So, what determines the sound for each band, or, or is it like something that you consciously try to say, like this? This band's going to be more, you know, more grungy. This is going to be more retro. This is going to be, you know. So how do you determine, or does it just come naturally, or do you just kind of lean into whatever kind of, like the first song that you guys do together, or what determines the direction of the sound?
2: Well, um, yeah, it's sort of like, yes to all of those, because there's there's been different projects that have started different ways. Um, I've definitely been more intentional, like I was definitely more intentional with Blues Lawyer and being like, I want these songs to be kind of scrappy and and stripped down, um, and I want them to be like very unaffected. Like I didn't want to do any slick production. I didn't want to do like the project that I had been involved in largely before Blues Lawyer. You know, the guitars were like very um sort of affected like lots of delay and and reverb and and all these yeah just all these effects and then i was doing some similar stuff where it's it's like very atmospheric there was like a a production element that was required for those songs that i didn't want to deal with i wanted to be just like a plug and play kind of band you know and like basically i wanted to like make the songs as like simple and as accessible as possible um, and with the idea that we we could just like learn them in a, in a practice or two and then just go go out and do the thing so that was the one thing but then of course you know like we were talking about earlier when you're saying like when you start to paint something and then it becomes something else you know it's the same thing like it just I found myself starting to think less about those like constraints and just think of it as just another vehicle for my songwriting and then the sound sort of developed whatever it is now from that you know
3: it's funny um, that, you, that you said that so what do you do with the ones where i'm gonna i'm gonna have these parameters for this body of work but then in the middle of it you start being like getting a little bit bored or you start like wow this little sound or this little image makes you want to veer off a little bit and you start kind of leaning and the whole thing you had in your box you just realize you're outside of the box now but it right. doesn't fit with the theme. What do you do with those pieces that are quality, great, great direction, great new sound or whatever, but it doesn't quite fit in the box you were trying to start off with? What do you do Pro- with that?
2: Probably just make another band out of those songs.
3: <laughs> <laughs> right on, that's the up, okay. I mean, yeah. Yeah. That's the yeah, artist I mean, thing to do. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's. I
2: think that like that's uh, something that I've definitely thought about before too. I mean, I think like Christian singles sort of started that way. Like, I was writing songs and like very much recognizing that they weren't sort of going to fit in any of my bands. Okay. And then I was like, all right, so what am I going to do with these? And then so is that, like, is
3: that so is that how you came up with like no big deal when you had almost like the backwards sounding kind of music going yeah. on in the. <laughs> It's very experimental and it it, it caught me off guard because I wasn't expecting it. So that was one of your veer-offs?
2: Yeah, definitely one of the veer-offs. That's funny. Uh, Yeah, I mean like, I don't know, Christian Singles just sort of became like the umbrella for like the songs that didn't really fit with other stuff, but then you know just like you were saying before like then that becomes a, a thing like that becomes a way of sort of cataloging a certain type of song and then that changes and you know it's just at this point i try not to think about it too much because I'll, otherwise i'll just like drive myself no, crazy. No. just i, I gotta I, let it i just gotta like let it happen
3: no no i understand as an artist <laughs> i understand but as an artist too i noticed those things and that's what just made me curious because i'm like i you know it's funny like i said if you know certain kind of things or you're a certain kind of mindset it, it's, it's almost kind of obvious what's happening in a, in a way and and you're right sometimes it's better not to overthink it's almost kind of like running you're running fast you're doing good but as, soon as you look down at your feet that's when you trip up and fall over yourself
2: right exactly so
3: sometimes it's better never just to look up If it's just working just keep running and just you know worry about it when you stop but if you're in the Did run trying to figure out, you know, left, right, left, you're going to
2: be in trouble. Well said. Yeah. Agreed.
0: Good people of the planet Earth and the known universe. You've been listening to Clef Science. This is Captain Keith. I hope you've enjoyed this interview that Jay and I did with Rob I. Miller from the Indie pop, indie rock DIY pop and rock Rock and roll group, Blues Lawyer They're all those things, all of the above uh, Jay and I had a great time uh, talking to you Rob Special shout out to you, thanks for hanging out with us And uh, shout out to Jay From the Movie Bench Quarterbacking Podcast Series For co-hosting with me for this episode And once again, with Blues Lawyer Great rock and roll band, you can check them out on all the music streaming sites whether it's spotify pandora title amazon unlimited music you know all the above and more and let's say you're not into streaming let's just say you love what you heard and you just want to buy it uh, like rob says you can go to the bandcamp page bandcamp.com uh, blues lawyer just type it up in there and you'll see all their stuff so check them out and once again we had a good time hope that you did And if you've enjoyed this podcast series and this interview, please hit like, subscribe and or favorite. And until next time, see you somewhere out in space.